and gentlemen it's seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's john hogue here the other guy on the other podcast and if i can believe the indications on the front panel we're also joined by diana from exotic valdosta sincerely hope you can trust your uh your dials Probably this evening, but uh, well, have you uh, ever thought, no, seriously, have you ever thought about uh, uh, actually doing some voiceover work, Diana? Somebody would ask me to, I'd be delighted. <laughs> All right, then. Well, uh, uh, you can find my good friend John Hogue's blogging at hogwash.com. Stacy blogs over at the other McCain.com, and he also writes essays and other fine stuff at other great places around the interwebs. <laughs> yeah. Check them out. Uh, I, and I, Diana actually blogs from time to time as well, do you not? Yeah. Do indeed. And I actually you today to talk about the joys of our of uh, a certain person we'll talk about later. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. We're we're Guilty. going to get there, are we? Well, we are. Uh, it's it's about the grift, isn't it? <laughs> it's all about the grift. And yeah, the I'll, thing is go I'll ahead. tell you this, it's terrifying to me. Um, I, uh, I've been trying to follow up on Giving Tuesday and all the grift and graft. Um, folks, please do me a favor. If you're thinking of. You're breaking up. We just lost you, Diana. Uh-oh. Diana, we've lost no, you. No, no, I'm sorry. That was my mother trying to call in. Um <laughs> I have, my mom is a very dear soul, but she really does not understand. <laughs> okay. Oh, me. Well, I, uh, during, a, uh, during a break at some point, perhaps you can text her, you know. I, anyways, but uh, uh, speaking of uh, crime, uh, there has uh, been some crime in uh, Valdosta mm -hmm. this past week. I, I believe it was Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, Rahman Ishmael Cates, 32 years of old, uh, 32 years old, walked into the Bank of America uh, on North Patterson Street in Valdosta mm -hmm. uh, and, and pre presented a note to one of the bank tellers demanding money. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the bank, someone at the bank called 911 and mm -hmm. gave a precise description of Kate, <laughs> yes. advised the dispatcher that he was walking out the front door. Officers arrived on the scene. Lowndes County deputies arrived on the scene within two minutes of the call being dispatched. Oh, yes. 
and uh, he was uh, taken into custody on North Oak Street. Yeah. Turns out he had an active warrant out of Lakeland, Georgia. Is anyone uh, surprised? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, another story about the Bank of America. Actually, I used to bank with them when I was in California (laughs) when they were a statewide (laughs) bank out there. Of course, Mm -hmm. uh, at one point, they were just a local bank in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, Bank of Italy. Mm -hmm. Uh Well, it is the last I guess, until bowl season. It is the last uh, college football scoreboard uh, of the season. Uh, Uh uh, Army and Navy uh, played today at Lincoln Financial Field in the Link, as they call it, in Philadelphia, where in an exciting double overtime game, Army... Uh, defeated Navy 20 oh. to 17. I told you somebody would kick a field goal at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there it was. Uh, it well, what happened was is that uh, a guy fumbled, he was on the one yard line and fumbled, and 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 oh, he was just oh. uh, one of the Navy guys fumbled, and and oh. uh, uh, he had earlier run no for, explosives uh, for him. <laughs> Yeah, well, he had earlier run for a seventy-seven-yard touchdown. Uh, that that, but uh, anyway, so so the final score: Army twenty, Navy seventeen. Used to be Navy dominated that, but uh, um, Army has. It goes uh, back and forth, and if my husband watches, Navy loses. So, <laughs> <laughs> is he a Navy man then? He's an Academy graduate. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, yeah, yo, uh, my uh, co-blogger Schmitty is also a Navy man, so I'm sure he's feeling about as bad as I did when Tennessee beat Alabama. I'm so. remembering my freshman year when Army was the only team we beat. Uh, that's at mm. Vanderbilt. Uh, you mm. may have heard of this school in Nashville that John went to. He's mentioned it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. What, what if we, I, I'm going to, I've, I've completely lost track of what we're talking about. Well, I'm confused. Well, that's all right. Uh, we'll just start off with uh, gender confusion anyway. Uh, there was a wonderful tweet about, about haircuts. Uh, I saw, <laughs> and, and, and I had to comment on it. The, the guy was, who tweeted it actually had, a, I think, a, a pretty good line here about charging more for non-binary haircuts was top-tier trolling. <laughs> Somebody was charging 40 bucks for men's uh, haircuts, 50 bucks for women's haircuts, and 70 bucks for a non-binary haircut. And the only thing I could say is I'm so old, I remember when they went up to 75 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Meanwhile, oh, uh, meanwhile, there was a whole bunch of non-news from Georgia this week, which we'll just pass over. But nothing about that was 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 news. It was all you know the expected uh, result. Uh, Meanwhile, there have been a little bit of news coming out of parts of San Francisco, specifically the Twitter (laughs) offices. Yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna let Stacy run off with that first. Yeah, uh wow. What a week it has been. It's um, going on right now, by the way. I've got here on uh one of my uh on one of my windows here uh, the uh the uh 
Twitter files part, part four, four where is, they talk about yeah. banning Trump. Yeah, it's going on. Yeah. It's going down right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, uh, mainstream media, NBC, ABC, CBS, completely ignoring this, uh, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. They, well, their names are probably about to come up. Well, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we'll, we'll, it we'll started get, off. We'll get to your old Roth a little, little bit. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. It it uh, it started Sorry. with the uh, um, uh, last Friday night. Um, uh, Matt Taibbi uh, uh, started with the uh, Twitter files, which I've called mm -hmm. hashtag Twittergate, and uh, it. And and it started with a bang about uh, trust and sh safety chief Yoel Roth and uh, his colleague uh, Vijaya Gadi. Vijaya Gadi. Okay, okay, all right. Well, uh, she's Vijaya Gadi as far as I'm concerned. Okay, uh, I, I, I love it. You can't okay. expect me to pronounce them foreign words like that. Uh, you can pronounce it however you like. <laughs> um, but the um, uh, but the, the the real thing about this was the where it showed the involvement of James Baker, a former FBI lawyer. Except that didn't come out on day one. It snuck out mm -hmm. just under the rug. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and and this is uh, this is what really. Um, uh, makes it a big story is that um, uh, the you know is that the involvement of the FBI and the the apparent close cooperation between Twitter executives and uh, people we could generally uh, speak about as the deep state you know including mm -hmm. Department of Homeland Security and uh, 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 well the CIA. Uh, it's the D DNI, as they call it, uh, Director of National Intelligence, who's mm -hmm. uh, uh, the boss of bosses in the intelligence community. And um, but but it's interesting that the DNI, uh, the actual person who held the office at the time this was going down, who was a uh, Trump appointee and a Trump loyalist, was saying one thing, and his mm -hmm. underlings were doing something else, working with Twitter. Mm hmm. Anyway, so it, it, it was a uh, it was a sensational uh, uh, revelation uh, in the in the very first tranche of all this. Mm. And uh, <laughs> John's comment, nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> you like that? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about, yep. uh, you know, we're, you know, the uh, the former FBI general. Uh, council got fired, by the way, on Tuesday mm -hmm. uh, yep. as a result of this, um, uh, because it turned out that he was involved in "quote unquote" vetting uh, the the material in the Twitter file. So he was, without being asked, <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, he was he was you know he was their legal beagle uh, guy on this kind of stuff and. And it, it it was not immediately recognized, uh, apparently, 
that uh, how bad it was that his involvement in this thing. Well, I'm not even <laughs> sure that they were. I'm not even sure that some people were aware of this. I think his actual involvement in the company, in spite of the fact that he was an executive, may have been actually hidden from Musk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yes. it, it, it's it's pretty staggering. Well, think about this. Think about this. Um, I am in some ways, um, I watching some interviews with Elon Musk, especially by the everyday astronaut. This is a guy who is really dedicated to getting stuff done. I really sometimes wonder how much he appreciates uh, personnel. Um, you, oh, this you're talking about who? Musk. Musk. Elon Musk. Okay. No, um, he's, I, he's, he's the typical driven uh, entrepreneur. I Even don't more know. So, but, uh, but on steroids. And therefore, you know, everything relates to his goal. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure he has a genius for personnel. I'm pretty certain that it's unlikely that he does. He probably mm. has one or two people... He trusts who handle that for him. I hope so. Oh, he, he could not so. have been this successful without it. The problem True. is the the problem is the people who have to interface with somebody like that directly. Yeah. Um, well, he, I'll he, have to. I I have to tell you. I hope to God um, that he's about to do that. He has enough uh, spare cycles to do something about Twitter's um, charitable arm. <laughs> It'd be nice well, if he did. It, well, I, I, I suspect that he will. Uh, but awesome. uh, the other thing, you know, but I mean, he is very direct. For example, one of the things mm -hmm. he did not long after taking over was sending out a uh, <laughs> memo that said, well, everyone who actually writes code, please report to the, whatever the meeting room was at 2 p.m. Right. You know, right. It's like, <laughs> you know, and, and like, you know, less than, tenth, <laughs> less than a tenth of the company showed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there're going to be some well, there're going to be some people who work there who don't write code. They're going to be for example, Fair enough. You, know, you know, they're 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 going to for example run the servers or something like that. But, you know, mm -hmm. it's uh, you know, uh it it's 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 interesting, you know, uh mm -hmm. that's only having roughly 10% of the company manufacturing your product is kind of scary. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, what happens is, is that um, <coughs> I'm trying to remember whose rule it was. <coughs> Richard Conquest, I believe Robert it was. Conquest? Who, Robert, Robert Conquest. Robert Conquest. Thank you. Yeah. Robert Conquest said that uh, any organization that is not um, uh, explicitly, explicitly conservative will become liberal over time. And mm -hmm. Another thing that happens is these tech companies that succeed, including uh, Google, including um, mm -hmm. Facebook, including Twitter, uh, as they get big, they start accumulating these staffs who are more devoted to the feeling side of the operation. Uh, well, but you see that, look, that that's a what conquest law is a basic scientific principle. It's the mm -hmm. second law of thermodynamics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and things will become chaotic unless they are continually directed toward order. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but that's interesting, though. Uh, Richard Fernandez, who uh, tweets as uh, Richard, Richard the Cat, the yeah. cat uh, had a tweet uh, 
a, a couple of days ago that went, the Twitter is sounding more and more like a haunted mansion riddled with trapdoors, revolving <laughs> bookshelves, secret panels, <laughs> sinister butlers, and Moroccan homicidal gorillas. To, yeah. which, to which I had to reply, put the candle back. What's that from? <laughs> he does. You Murders don't know. In the room org. No, it's from it's from uh, Young Frank Frankenstein. Well, oh, that's, okay. Oh, yeah, but they that ref was actually taken directly from. Yeah. Murders in the Rue Morgue. Yeah, yes, but for 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 people to get it, uh, you know, in the last few years. It's oh, I'm least, sorry. <laughs> it's at least, you know, uh, uh, Gene Wilder saying that uh, with his face masked in the uh, bookcase is Terry. Hey. Poor Terry Carr is trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, some of the things, uh, and, and this will be a good place to go ahead and drop it. Yoel Roth. Okay. Uh, Yoel Roth was the head of Twitter's trust and safety. Is he still mm -hmm. the head of? No, he resigned. No, no, oh. he resigned. Oh, okay. Rather than work for uh, Musk. Yeah. Well, anyways, Yoel because he Roth, actually cares about child porn. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his PhD in communications. Uh, included a dissertation on the gay hookup app uh, Grinder. Grinder, and uh, uh, and this was um, you know, and how you get a uh, um, uh, how you get uh, uh, you know at PM. the lunacy flows with the fountains in academia. This is yeah. I do not quite get it either. You got uh, you become a doctor uh, for writing about uh, a hookup site, and among other things, um, uh, he was uh, talking about uh, the the, the uh, exposure of minors uh, to mm. Grinder, and uh, in addition to that. Uh, see what else did they dig? They dug up all kinds of stuff on him. Oh, he he's been a running theme that's been almost as big as the uh, as as the uh, uh, part four dump this evening on uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah in two thousand twelve, I believe it was. I'm I'm going to look. No, it's two thousand ten. He wrote. He, he had a tweet uh, with the uh, headline Ken. Uh, High school students ever meaningly <sighs> consent to sex with their teachers? Meanwhile, no. <laughs> me, well, me, meanwhile, uh, in 2017, he tweeted that the White House was full of actual Nazis. Yeah, yeah, ah, right. Not actual. Oh, 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 oh my God! Oh my God! You know, guess where he found the link? And, and I, because it was not a hot link on the thing, so I actually had mm -hmm. to cut and paste. Guess where he was linking for this story about high school students having sex with teachers? Would it be Salon? Salon.com, which was a, a, a hive of pedophile apologism uh, that uh, people, uh, you know, it became a running joke of the Salon pitch uh, of, of how you would uh, uh, pitch a story on uh 
underage sex to them. But all they, I'm going to say about all this is who got me banned from Twitter? Uh, somebody who of whose uh, proclivities we have extremes doubts. <laughs> oh, oh, that person. Yeah, that person. <laughs> Oh, that person. I, I, I think I remember who you're talking about now. You, you've really? had a run-in with him yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's an know. explosive revelation, John. He's, he's white, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he's white, you know. I the, loved that response. Uh, you the do diminutive know white, bomber. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Elon Musk himself tweeted out, looks, quoting from um, uh, Yoel Roth's PhD thesis, says, looks like Yoel is arguing in favor of children being able to access adult internet services. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh -uh. And, no. and Sean Davis, Sean Davis, I, I actually was interviewed by him on a radio show a long time ago, but anyway, mm -hmm. so, uh, but Sean Davis said Twitter's former top censor, everybody depictions of child abuse flourished under his watch while people mm -hmm. who used the word groomer were banned. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to see here, folks. Just somebody arguing for letting teenagers onto Grinder. Well, meanwhile, <laughs> you know, uh, you have uh, uh, the entire bunch of them just going uh, crazy uh, over uh, January 6th. And this the <laughs> stuff that's coming down uh, more or less in parallel with our recording right now is, is, <laughs> is, is really going to be quite interesting. And, and tomorrow's stuff about dropping the hammer on uh, Trump should... Uh, should really be, but 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 it, I mean, I like the way they're doing it. I headlined my post about uh, uh, day three uh, uh, yesterday evening. Drip, drip, drip. <laughs> but, yeah, they are you know, they are playing it that way. Well, indeed. but 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 the thing is, is that uh, I had got home from a a, a a long session in the lab. And I just got finished with the day job and was, was putting it away in my brain when a friend let me know that uh, that Tabby had begun the, the, the third dump. Uh, and uh, so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go to the kitchen and make a sandwich and get another cup of coffee. And when I get back, maybe there'll be something, you know, spectacular. And my update, and it's, my, it's the way I felt on all these, yeah, it's been, quote, blockbuster. On the other hand, there has not been a single surprise for me. Mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the TLDR always seems to be, yeah, everything was proceeding as I had foreseen. Yeah, my, so uh, right. uh, my Twitter gate update today, shadow banning is real and Vijaya mm -hmm. Gade lied about mm -hmm. it. Uh, of and, course she and, did. Yeah. Anyway, she became a multimillionaire working for Twitter, and apparently part of her job, why she got paid the big bucks, was to conceal the facts about how Twitter employees were manipulating their platform to suppress facts and opinions that Twitter employees didn't like. Mm 
You know, I had an exchange of, of tweets with uh, Ron Coleman uh, mm. a, a, almost a month ago where he's, he had tweeted to her saying, are you ever going to answer my uh, DMs? And to which I responded to uh, Ron, she's never answered my certified mail. Avita <laughs> <laughs> uh, Duffy, mm. and if you don't know who Avita Duffy uh -huh. is, she's a... Uh, easy on the eyes. I'll just put it that way. Um, <laughs> remember all the times Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey and top Twitter lawyer Vijaya Gotti assured us that Twitter neither shadow bans nor targets conservatives. Well, they lied. In the this second is my shocked face. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to borrow um, what's her name over at Sarah Hoyt. Yeah, Sarah Hoyt shock face. I'm going to need to borrow that for a well, little bit. Well, be, mm -hmm. be careful because the, her eyeballs often roll under the couch. <laughs> right. In the second <laughs> installment of Elon Musk's Twitter files, independent mm -hmm. journalist Barry Weiss exposed how the big tech company was secretly blacklisting conservative tweets and users by keeping disfavored tweets from trending and secretly hiding whole accounts or topics without users' knowledge. <coughs> At the mm -hmm. time, Gotti, um, uh, anyways, they 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 issued a. Uh, she co-authored a blog post. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> that said, we do not shadow ban. You're always able to see the tweets from blah 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 blah, and they want to. Uh, put it down to machine learning. Okay. In other words, the algorithm was doing it. So, so mm -hmm. that's why you think you were being shadow banned and it was complete bullshit. Barry Weiss uh, gives the receipts for how they were making decisions on, uh, they had what they called uh, visibility controls uh, and they could, and they were, making, you know, there were real people making real decisions on what to suppress and yeah. what got boosted. Yeah. And, I, and I, I remember when, when there was a period where I was tweeting and I would see that my tweet went out and there were about four other people who would see the tweet mm -hmm. because I had uh, at mentioned them in the tweet, for example, mm -hmm. and no one else would unless they went to my timeline and looked in. And that's uh -huh. how shadow, that's exactly how shadow banning works. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So you, you can't tell me that that wasn't happening because I observed it happening to me. Uh, Matt Taibbi uh, uh, came back on Friday with a new thread uh, uh -huh. uh, talking about, and this is the lead up, the first part of their story about how Trump got banned. And they're talking about this whole thing about election misinformation. Was there pretext? Okay. Uh, for suppressing um, things. Uh, Trump uh, tweeted out about a postal screw-up in Ohio where, where mm -hmm. ballots weren't uh, being delivered properly or whatever. Um, uh, and it was, and even though it was factually accurate, okay, mm -hmm. 
uh, Twitter employees slapped a quote-unquote mail-in voting is safe warning label on this tweet. So the, <laughs> right. they, they set things up so that on certain posts, right, it will, um, on certain posts, it will uh, give you a warning. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and Trump was also being quote-unquote visibility filtered as late as a week before the election. Right. They didn't they couldn't come up with a reason they couldn't under their rules. The rules didn't actually cover what whatever it is uh, Trump was doing, but they stretched it in order to justify it. And uh, and and it was clear double standards. Right. Well, if they didn't have double standards, there wouldn't be any at all. Yeah. Yeah. But but in other words, if if a pro Biden tweet um accused Trump of trying to steal an election, okay, they they wouldn't suppress that, right? Uh, that, mm-hmm. that was perfectly okay with them. And even the hashtags... No matter how many lies. <laughs> right, right, right. The, the, the hashtag steal our votes, okay, uh, which was a uh, left-wing uh, um, hashtag... Uh, claiming that somehow Trump was going to steal the election. Well, right? and, and well, even then, I'm just looking at, at, at what's just been coming down on the, the thread this evening, and Michael uh, Schellenberger's uh, reporting that on January 17th, Jack emailed employees uh, at Twitter saying uh, Twitter needed to remain consistent about the way they were handling things, and Ross ah. is then going uh, on re- reassuring the employees that people who care about this aren't happy uh, uh uh, and uh, they're, they're going to get it fixed. And then a little later, he DMs his colleagues that uh, he's uh, uh, got Jack to come around and uh, approve uh, repeat offender uh, tactics uh, to dealing with uh, uh, civic integrity. And so they're going after Trump on the 7th of January with this way, you know. Anyways, but the the real thing is that we find out that Twitter executives were at times acting on orders from the FBI in deciding whose election-related content got flagged. And, and uh, this involves a guy named Basham, okay? Oh. Um, and, uh, and, and when Basham saw what they were doing, he became enraged because... Uh, John Basham, okay? Now, I don't know anything about John Basham, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't uh, claim uh, to, to know anything about his expertise in the area of, uh, of vote fraud or anything else. But the fact is, is that if you saw this, right? If you saw, and I'm looking right now at the tweet he wrote, editorial. The Democrats are in complete panic as their massive push for vote by mail is backfiring on them. Two things are unfolding. One, an unexpected number of registered Republicans are returning ballots. And two, between 2 and 25% of ballots by mail are being rejected for errors. Mm-hmm. And it was the FBI that calls attention to this. Now, now, what is it about, uh, I mean, I'm just looking at this. This is a claim, and I, and I mm-hmm. don't know whether it was true, 
But if something, if somebody's claiming something that you don't think is true, it's like, okay, show me the receipts here. Okay. Mm -hmm. You, you link to the, the, give me a link where I can look this up or shut up. And, and you know how it is on Twitter, people get up in your face or used to be. People oh, would no, get I'd still ask people for a site. About, uh, right, uh, right. Mm-hmm. Fact yeah. And, and, um, and it's just amazing how they looked for an excuse. If something uh, was even, it was clearly not a violation of their policy. And there's mm-hmm. some, and for some reason, Twitter has been losing money. Gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that uh, Musk is trying to do is protect the corporation from bankruptcy. Uh, right. It's interesting, though, you know, it, it. you said that the mainstream media hasn't done anything with this, but some media has done things with this. And in fact, uh, our Corinne uh, uh, Jean-Pierre uh, uh, got asked a question about Hunter's laptop after uh, the uh, this started dropping. And she refused to say if anyone close to President Biden had made any uh, of the kinds of assertions that were uh, allegedly made. <laughs> justifying uh, the New York Post's uh, a su- su- report being suppressed. And she literally said, and this is a quote, I can't speak to discussions made by the campaign from here. It is a political campaign. I am covered by the Hatch Act. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's also covered by the uh, uh, self-incrimination clause of the Fifth <laughs> Amendment. So I'm not sure which one she's pleading. However, I'm at the point of su- suggesting that you need to plead the yellow button. Uh, it is that time of the program where we turn to shameless capitalism, as I tell you that if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, uh, <laughs> you can find in the, near the top of the center column a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you um, to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, uh, shekels, um, but uh, any kind of currency except Russian rubles. Uh, <laughs> but if you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account and you can contribute to support the blog, to support this podcast, but also, most importantly, to keep my wife happy because she likes it when I make money at this racket. And keeping <laughs> my wife happy is job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. Uh, yeah, there's that button that you can click on that's disguised as a tip jar over in the uh, sidebar there. Click on it, be taken away to my PayPal account where. Uh, you can send, uh, like Stacy says, almost any kind of currency in the world. I just will make the recommendation to try to keep it below $600 next year to keep the IRS out of our hair. But, uh, no, you can, I report minus income. I don't know about it. Well, no, I, I do have. that. But no, we, you, have to, you have to have a separate 1099 next year for anything that's $600 or more. Which is insane. How yeah. on earth are you supposed to do that? Well, particularly if you're a business that sells something that costs nine hundred bucks, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a truly ugly. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. uh, you can also, if you want to send uh, large amounts, though, I do take gold, Russian rubles. You can send them by uh, UPS or FedEx <laughs> to the address uh, that you'll find on the blog, or you can shop at the Hogwash store, or you can use the Amazon uh, uh, links that you'll find at various bloggers around 
the uh, internet. Uh, both our blogs uh, are affiliated with the Amazon Affiliates Program. We get a small cut of the action when you use those links. Regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. And now, Stacy, speaking of trade. <laughs> of and, good deals. Uh, no, this is such a bad Bad deal. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not since Jack and the Beanstalk has anyone made a worse trade than this, was my story about the Biden administration swapping terrorist arms dealer Victor Bout uh, for basketball player Brittany Griner. I had to be glad to be explained to me that WBA was not a radio station that I wasn't listening to. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, a, a textbook example of what bargaining from a position of weakness looks like. The U.S. released an infamous terrorist arms dealer known as the Merchant of Death in exchange for a lesbian dopehead basketball player. Now, yeah. One need not be biased against lesbians or marijuana users to see what's <laughs> wrong with this deal. Nor is it yeah. necessary in criticizing the Biden administration's fecklessness to forget that Vladimir Putin is a bad guy and that the prosecution and imprisonment of uh, Brittany Griner was essentially about hostage taking even mm -hmm. if you are deeply sympathetic to cannabis consumers and lesbians and deeply hostile to putin's regime still one must recognize this in negotiating with authoritarians democracy is always at a disadvantage because the antagonist is essentially immune to public opinion mm -hmm. right okay this was the big problem, okay, going back to the Soviet era, right, to where, you know, uh, the, you know, Brezhnev didn't have to worry about any peace protesters in, in Red Square, you know, whereas, you know, everything we did was under the microscope of a, of a hostile media and, mm -hmm. you know, and there were all sorts of activist groups trying to, you know, uh, win the war for the other side, but the, but the totalitarians. It, I, it, it's probably wrong to think of uh, Vladimir Putin as that bad, but he's pretty. Bad. Uh, yes, no, uh, it is not. Yeah, oh, okay. I, actually, I think you're cutting him some slack. Right? Okay, well, Way anyway, too much slack. The point is not whether Putin is a tyrant. He is. He is. But sure. Nine years in prison is a conspicuously harsh sentence for cannabis possession, but there are other Americans serving prison sentences in foreign countries for crimes that might have gotten them only probation in U.S. cities with slap-on-the-wrist <laughs> prosecutors like George Gascon and Larry Krasner. The prosecution of Griner was obviously part of a propaganda strategy, at a oh, time yeah. when Putin's inv invasion of Ukraine had made him an international pariah. But the bottom line is, it worked. Because Brittany Griner checked all the boxes, gay, female, minority, and is something of a celebrity in the world of sports. 
but she also checks all the boxes in terms of good uh making this look good to the russian public she's gay nope. she, uh and she's uh and she is uh, a drug user you know uh how the russians view this i know that um i do not think that the russian on the street if you actually got them alone and they were willing to say so would say anything but you people are idiots right right <laughs> Right. I mean, Anybody. this, this, why are you, why on earth would you uh, essentially ransom this uh, woman who uh, hates the, hates her own country, who's a drug user, who's um, essentially uh, reinforces the message that Americans are foolish and decadent? Right, right. It's, it ticks all the boxes for yeah. internal consumption for Putin. Foolish Boy, and decadent. You mean like, Hunter Biden, perhaps? Is that <laughs> Nowhere, uh, you know, to be honest, Hunter's even worse. But, you know, he's, 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 he's Joe Biden's problem. Oh, Lord, is he Joe Biden's problem. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> but, Sorry. But, but rather than get back a uh, uh, Marine veteran, um, yeah. uh, Paul Whelan, uh, mm -hmm. who had been a tourist over there when he got set up, uh, by a um, uh, a secret the FSB, he got framed with a. It was. I mean, it was just as clumsy as it could be. But hey, oh, does that matter? They didn't in the care. Court? Yeah, right. When you're framing somebody, you know, it's Russia, man. You get the result. Well, you at want. least they bothered. Man, you're right about that. At least they bothered with crude evidence. <laughs> right, right, right. It was a thumb drive or whatever. Anyways, yeah, right, and. Um, and so anyways, but the uh, they had Paul Whelan, but of course the White House isn't going to do anything to get a middle-aged white guy out. So, but oh my God, the basketball player, we have to get this basketball player out. Uh, yeah, Paul Whelan was sentenced to 16 years in a labor yeah. camp, right? Okay, he'll be 71 when, when his sentence is done, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he won't how, make it if yeah, he's in the Soviet it's, labor, uh, sorry, Russian. I, I know I shouldn't say Soviet, Russian labor camp. It's essentially a death sentence. But, and, yes, but, it is. But in release, in, in announcing the news of her release, Joe Biden said, <sighs> Brittany Griner represents the best America, the best about no, America, doesn't. just across the board, everything about her. <laughs> you know, and as I said, uh, it was like trading the family cow for some magic beans. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, it's, you know, with Biden at the top of the ticket, mm. Why do you think that maybe there might be problems in cities that Democrats run? You know, <laughs> um, uh, I, we got three of them that that that, that popped up uh, in our vision this week. I mean, I've got <laughs> I've got the first one is uh, Stacy's got the next two, but mine starts off with the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. <sighs> they have they they had given police robots quote licenses to kill basically these are robots operated by a human okay. human manipulator uh who and they would be able to uh 
uh, return fire essentially, and mm-hmm. that that requires an, enough uh, uh, enough stink that the license to kill has been revoked. Uh, oh. I mean, it's almost like. Do you think maybe they saw a movie about something <laughs> like that or something? But my so my whole comment on it has been Skynet frowns. <laughs> yeah. It, remember, John designs space robots for NASA. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so so if you think that the uh, uh, satellites are controlling your brain waves, uh, well. <laughs> Okay. Does this mean I have to do I? Does this mean I have to return uh, donuts? R two F U T shirt. Actually, what it means is, you know, the actual shape of the tinfoil hats. Uh, we designed the uh, uh, communications <laughs> gear so everything's resonated that for you. <laughs> uh, and my 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 headline of the week, I'm, I'm you know, uh, I mean, folks, yeah, you're talking to yeah, a pro this here. Good. Headless woman in hopeless city. Okay, and that's a, yeah. a clear ripoff of the best ever headline from the New York Post. <laughs> Headless woman in topless bar. Topless headless. Anyways, but it was a it was a it was an item in the um, woman. Uh, item in the Philadelphia Inquirer with this headline: Police were called twenty one times this year to the Northeast Philly home where a woman was decapitated. Oi. Oi. Ahmad Sharif, thirty four, was charged with murder in connection with the slaying inside the Lawndale home, where police had earlier responded to calls about domestic disturbances. Ahmad Sharif, okay, and how many murders in America involve decapitation? Not a lot. Not very okay? many. Yeah, yeah. There's there's very little decapitation going on. So where are we? we yeah, because you know, the nine millimeter bullets that uh, that Biden was talking about only rip your lungs out. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Anyways, but but we're talking about Philadelphia here. Since I'm going to read the uh, inquiry story a little bit here. Since the beginning uh-huh. of the year, Philadelphia police have been called twenty. One times to the Lawndale home where a woman was found decapitated. Seven of those calls to the two-story home were for reports of domestic disturbances. One of the calls was for a person with a gun, and some of the others were reports of fights between a man and a woman. It is unclear whether any of those incidents involved the victim of Tuesday's Homicide, Layla Arahil, 41, or Ahmad Sharif, the 34-year-old man accused of killing her. Oh. <coughs> Arahil was found dead in the home Tuesday afternoon after police responded to a report of a stabbing Oi. and found her headless corpse. Oh my lord! Uh, but anyways, they also they they discovered Sharif hiding a woman. And, and the first thing I've got to say is, oh wait, it's a it's a murder in Philadelphia, and the suspect is named Ahmad. I know what you're thinking, but no, he's Syrian. Syrian <laughs> neighbors said that as many 
as 10 people had been living in the house. Of course. Some of them may have been staying in the garage. Sharif and at least one other man who lived there behaved aggressively toward others on the street, threatened neighbors, and got into fights, they said. One nearby resident who asked not to be identified (laughs) said the occupants of the house were Syrian immigrants who had moved in about Seven years ago, mark that. Mm. At first, the residents were welcome to the neighborhood, but fights and arguments were soon heard continuously coming from the house. Yeah, seven years ago, what was going on in Syria? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was taken over by terrorists uh, because of the bungling by the... um, uh, Obama, by, administration. Obama administration that wanted to get rid of the Assad regime. Uh, so they kind of looked the other way while Al Qaeda uh, set up a uh, an operation in Syria. And, uh, and some then, and then Al Qaeda wound up uh, fighting it out with with uh, Hamas ISIS. And, and ISIS and the Syrians and the Russians. Was, yeah, and they all got it, very very messy. <laughs> Yeah, the the Syrian civil war. Can't they all lose? Yes, right. It was there were no good people in the Syrian civil war. But how these people ended up in Philadelphia, right? Okay, what kind of immigrants are we getting? Right, that they're more violent than than the locals in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is is I mean it is an incredibly Uh violent place. Uh, <laughs> it could be worse. They could go to Detroit, right? Oh, oh, oh! We're going to get there too. But, yeah. uh, but it's, it's. It, but then I get thinking. Well, if you're going to resettle refugees from a war-torn country like Syria, they'll feel right at home in Murder City, USA. And then I talk about <laughs> a a parking officer, and he's not actually a, a, oh. a sworn like a police law enforcement officer. He's just no. someone who writes tickets. He's a, a, essentially a male meter maid. Got, uh, was the target of what looked like an oh. assassination attempt that was caught on video. Oh. Um, and it was, a, it was a horrific thing. Guy just walks right up to him, behind him, under yeah. the back of his head, and pulls the trigger walks away and it's and like the guy he was talking to is like ah, and runs like runs away oh my just, god that video is just so disturbing and uh, and um by the way there's been some investigation on this and they believe it may be connected to a shooting in the bronx i believe it uh, was or brooklyn i think it was the bronx so this uh, may be uh, a, an actual kind of a serial killer thing going on there. Oh but but yes, headless woman in hopeless city. Mm. Meanwhile, in Motor City. <laughs> meanwhile, yes, in the Motor City, crazy people are dangerous and keep getting shot by cops in Detroit. And this is not the crazy person who's dangerous this week, but we are doing no. Uh, uh, this story anyway, because Stacy wrote it and it is interesting. Yes. But it's uh, vying for the top spot. Let me ask you something. Do you remember the song My Sharona? Oh, yeah. By I the do. Knack? Mm-hmm. Well, the guitar Lord, yes. player and lead singer of that uh, 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 group was named Doug Figer. Doug mm-hmm. Figer has a brother named Jeffrey Figer. 
uh, oh, who, no. who is uh, uh, who has uh, is Michigan's. He he's like that guy with the billboards, right? And the the ads on TV in Michigan. He is the guy that you hire to sue somebody. Okay, mm. and you're going to get some money. Jeffrey Figer filed two separate fifty million dollar lawsuits against Detroit police for the fatal shootings of two mentally ill residents, Kiazia Miller, 27, and Porter Brooks, 20. Burks. Burks, not Brooks. Oh, I said Porter. Yeah, Porter Burks, 20. Yes. Anyways, and uh, I get into a little bit of the history and demographics of of this area. For instance, uh, speaking of crazy, did you know that Detroit is in Wayne County, which was named for Revolutionary War hero and frontier fighter General Mad Anthony Way. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did know that. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I I actually read the it, it it getting ready for this. I mean, in writing this article, I actually read mm-hmm. the entire biography of uh, uh, <laughs> online biography of uh, Mad Anthony Wayne, who was uh, quite the character. At one point, he was a plantation owner uh, down around Savannah. Uh, uh, some of his uh, friends uh, from his Revolutionary War, uh, they, he got invited down there to uh, take over a plantation. So he sold property in Pennsylvania and bought a plantation and managed to lose money at it. And yes. so, so anyways, but then he uh, formed what was known as the um, the Legion of what was it? The Legion of the United States was what it calls anyways, but, but it was the first sort of standing army, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the post revolutionary, uh, era where, uh, he, uh, took command and sort of like Fort Wayne, Indiana was mm-hmm. an actual fort, yes. right. That, uh, uh, was set up to fight the Indians. So nowadays they call him a racist and, and accuse oh, of him of genocide did. because he may have been, yeah, winning uh, wars is racism, right? You see, any, that, these days, out? yes. Yeah. Anyways, with a population of around 1.8 million, Wayne County's largest county in Michigan and the 19th most populous county in the United States. Population of Wayne County is 48 percent white, 37 percent black. Of the county's 669,000 black residents, the majority of them, nearly half a million live in Detroit, a city whose population is 82% black. So so they're claiming, right, that the shooting in, um, uh, in Detroit, these shootings of these two mentally ill uh, people, mm. unfortunate, um, that, that this was racism by the police. And the idea that a city that's 82% black is hiring racist police Right. Does that even make sense? Okay, but it doesn't have to make sense because the people in Detroit are Democrats. Right. Okay, Uh, if you subtract Detroit from the votes in, uh, you know, uh, if you subtract Detroit uh, from the vote in Michigan. Right. Mm -hmm. Trump wins. Okay, And as a matter of fact, Republicans would always win in Michigan if it weren't for Detroit. So it's Detroit versus the rest of the state, politically speaking. Well, anyways, Porter Burks 
was believed to have been experiencing a schizophrenic episode on October 2nd when wandering his neighborhood with a three and a half inch knife. Concerned for Burke's safety, his older brother called police asking for help and for Burke's to be admitted to a hospital. Well, police, five officers fired 38 shots, 19 of which hit him. Oh, my Lord. That's but really no charges accuracy. will be filed against the officers because the prosecutor in Wayne County sided with the police, echoing the Detroit police chief claim that responding officers had minimal time to, quote unquote, eliminate the threat. OK, well, I post pictures of the prosecutor, Kim Worthy, and the police chief, James White, and somehow I'm thinking they're not white supremacists, okay? Probably not, no. Probably not. Anyways, and then we go to the death of Kiazia Miller, right? Um, her mother uh, called police on November 10th asking for help uh, with her... Uh, said her daughter was experiencing mental crisis and was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. Is everybody in Detroit got schizophrenia? I don't know. Well, Anyways. I don't have two minds of the problem. <laughs> right. She told police that Miller had hit her young child and was, quote unquote, armed with knives, a bat, and a gun. Okay. When oh, the police dear. showed up, Miller was dressed only in her underwear. And uh, this is cited by in, in Figer's lawsuit as somehow mm -hmm. exculpatory uh, that this crazy woman running around in her underwear was, was, couldn't have been a danger. But let me suggest that if you call 911 to report that your schizophrenic daughter is behaving violently and is armed with knives, a bat, and a gun. <sighs> hey, when the cops show up, bad things might happen because crazy people, people are, are dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, well, the next crazy person we're going to deal with, uh, <laughs> uh, when the cops showed up, uh, they didn't uh, threaten her or her family. Doggone it. Uh, although, uh, and the videos that she posted to prove that they did show that they didn't. That tells right. you something about her connection with reality. I'm talking about, of course, Rebecca Jones. I first came into contact with okay, her. Okay, okay, let's explain. I'm, I'm trying to, but you cut me off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I first came into contact with Rebecca Jones when I covered uh, the court hearings related to her attempt to get a Maryland peace order against Christina Peshaw. Christina had written a truthful article uh, about uh, Jones's history, and uh, that was considered harassment by uh, Jones. Uh, this <laughs> same sort of thing that Stacey and I have uh, been through in terms of lawsuits, and I've been through in terms of uh, uh, bogus, uh, bogus uh, peace, peace orders. Order. Yes. Anyway, um, basically two, well, let me say three th things became apparent when I started covering Jones at these hearings. <laughs> First, she had absolutely no evidence to support any of her claims against Christina Peshaw. Second, right. she was obviously running some kind of grift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and third, she seemed to be completely detached from reality. Um, <laughs> but now it appears that her grift uh, 
turned into, or maybe even at the point that point was the basis of her congressional campaign. She originally mm. was trying to run in the sixth uh, district of Maryland, which includes mm-hmm. the town of Hagerstown, which is the town where she grew up. Although she was born in Pennsylvania, she grew up in Hagerstown, Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. But it took her about two weeks, and she figured out that the multimillionaire. Uh, uh, wine merchant David Trone, who was the incumbent, would just blow her away in the Democratic primary. So she moved off to Florida, where she ran, got the Democratic nomination, and succeed. And and then uh, wound up being uh, uh, just as utterly destroyed in the general election by Matt Gaetz. But all the national media, and especially the Washington Post, the White, yeah. Uh, treated her as if she had the she had the inside scoop on what that evil Ron DeSantis was doing about COVID. You know? Yeah, yeah right. We, we have a term for that kind of uh, in investigation in engineering. We refer to it as bullshit. Uh, anyway, uh, when she lost She's an the election, idiot into the bargain. When she lost the election, I figured out well. You know, I'll go down for her uh, felony trial. She's not going to have to commute back from D.C. So the trial's <laughs> going to happen. And it turned out that I'm not going to have to do that because she has entered into a deferred prosecution agreement in which she has had to admit her guilt and yeah. the computer, computer crimes for which she was charged. But you also have been looking into uh, her grift I have. Um, actually, she hasn't done much with her COVID, uh, her COVID analysis uh, uh, nonprofit. Um, she never bothered, as far as I can find, to uh, file for a 501c3. Um, even Nikki Freed's uh, agriculture department had to admit that she, her uh, paperwork was <laughs> inadequate. Um, for a Florida nonprofit. Um, but the big thing is, is that um, you notice that she's still lying in the tweets that she's putting out, that she's, she's trying to claim that she's not guilty of anything. Uh, don't give this woman money if anything, if she's associated with anything that you are thinking of giving money to. Uh, call me first, okay? Yes, that's <laughs> go a to good my thing. go to my go and talk to me. Come and talk to me. I'll save and, you a lot of trouble. She and she will. Uh, I've used uh, Diana's to her investigations before, but I can tell you, at least in the case of Rebecca Jones, some things have actually proceeded faster than I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> guilty, guilty, guilty! And folks, I hear the boogie woogie piano in the background, which means. Uh, that we're nearing the end of the hour. And so we will be back here next Saturday night at 7 p.m. for another episode of the other podcast. Thank you for joining us again, Diana. Of course. And we'll see you again next week, Stacy and Diana. But that's the last week of the year because we're taking Christmas Eve and New Year's off. And we'll talk to you later. Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Mr. Briggs. 